Mike, turn your games down. Hi, we're into another movie episode of Games My Mom Found. A spooky one. I am Mike Hubbardton, and who is waking up from a coma with me tonight? This is Star's Informant Division, Joe Butler, and you'll never guess who my bisexual crush in this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, my name is uh, Bill Tucker from the uh, Gamer Looks at 40 podcast, and, and my shit's custom. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, too. And I'm Blair Farrell from comicbookvideogames.com, and like everyone else in this room, I also made the deal with Dr. Doom. <laughs> the, the problem is everything but what i said we're all quotes from the movie i don't know how but <laughs> all right and we are here to talk about a movie that i've been wanting to talk about for a long time resident evil apocalypse that came out in 2004 directed by the talented well written by the talented paul ws anderson yeah directed by someone else okay uh, alexander witt he's a second unit director in a lot of your favorite movies like speed i believe He's done a lot of great second unit stuff. Okay. First class. Hey, he's been in a lot of good movies. I was I, I don't care for Anderson. I mean I I love these movies, but I don't care for Anderson. He seems no, he's like a, a really nice guy. Does he? Really? Yeah, I there's a there's okay. a book there's a book called Game Over by uh, I think Luke Owen is the name. And it just like goes into like a lot of talk about video game movies and he actually did the foreword. And he seems very genuine. I, I don't oh, know, but but it's like it doesn't show on screen, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, he also he's not. Is he the guy I was doing? No, there's some other guy who was doing a bunch of ton, tons of crappy video game movies back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Uve yes. <laughs> I wish okay. I knew how to fight so I could fist fucking fight that guy. Yep. House of the Dead, Lone in the Dark. I've seen both those movies. Sort One of. thing I know. One thing I know, too, about the these movies, and it's one of my favorite like tidbits about the series, is they also really like like hanging out with each other. Because I think back during the filming of the final chapter, Mia Jovovic posts on her Instagram of the guy who plays Wesker. And she's like, only some people have Wesker in their house making them margaritas. And it's the dude who plays Wesker in nothing but like an apron. Like, he's obviously shirtless and he's making like margaritas in a, in a blender. OK, I got nothing. <laughs> no, sorry i i I was actually i apologize i apologize you know, i actually should be engaged in this conversation but i really wasn't because i was going through the director's filmography find where it said director it doesn't really anywhere until you go to other roles and then it says directorial debut <laughs> resident evil apocalypse which tells me that he played the role of a direct no no so the he is this this director has has done a lot of other things He's done a lot of stuff for other people. And this is the first thing he did for himself. <laughs> and I got to say, it's just what? fine. I, I, I'm gonna, I'll just jump right into my first impressions. Remember now, folks, I, I know nothing about Resident Evil. I, I've played, like I said, <laughs> some of four, and I really liked it. I literally have never finished a Resident Evil game before. So for me, I'm just looking at this as a, as a movie, you know, as a film. And I am, as anyone knows who listens to my show, I am in the midst of busy season at work. I'm crazy busy, very stressful, just kind of how it is right now for this season. And I was just super in the pocket for this movie. Like <laughs> I, like my brain was like ready for this. Like this is exactly the solve I need for for what's ailing me right now. So I had a very good time with this. Yeah. As, 
I had a good time. I really did. I liked this much better than the the first one. I think. So, yeah, uh, it's a. I'm very partial to the first movie though. Yeah, me too. Same. But I like this one a lot too. Would you say I you also like this how... more than Blade? Me? Oh, which oh, Blade? Oh, which Blade? Three? Yeah. Two? Oh, so it's, they're both sequels. Blade Two. Blade Two is a good oh, movie. No. Blade oh, Two is no, fantastic. Yeah. Now Blade Trinity. This is better. <laughs> <laughs> I would say this is better too. It's 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 more fun. It's just it has it's a little it's just more fun, even though it's extremely stupid and there's no character development yes. <laughs> and there's lots of explosions. But again, I, I was just super in the pocket for it. I, and I didn't realize I was. So I'm glad we're covering this because it made my last night lots of lots of fun. <laughs> I was I wasn't yeah. sure what you're going to think. If this is one of those movies where it's I mean, I enjoy it, but it's not like a I don't know. I don't think it's, a, it's not a great movie. It's just a fun B movie. Yeah, that's about right. I think that's where yeah. I land. Yeah. You can either be bad or boring and, you know, it, I'd rather, <laughs> and this is like entertaining for it's like what yes. brief 90 minute runtime. It's not very, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it keeps up a good pace. I mean, it's not high art, but like, it's not like we, I mean, we did blade and it was like two hours and it felt like an eternity or blade <laughs> Trinity. Blade Trinity. You gotta say that right. Blade is excellent. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I also like how this yeah, movie God. Is a direct sequel, like direct, direct sequel. And I like that a lot. Like the, the beginning of this movie is them recapping movie one from Alice's point of view, telling you, oh, this is what happened. Here's some scenes. And then it shows dumbasses. And I will say dumbasses. Like I, what I, I don't understand, like they open. So you kind of, you know, if the first movie happens, break out, everybody gets killed, blah, blah, blah in this nest. And then or in the hive. And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple days, uh, like two, like a day or two later, like, OK, let's open it up now. With no real like protection in place, except for like three guys with two guys with a shot with a machine gun. That's your that's your protection. Like you think there would have been a, an airlock room, like a second idea to shut down if things go bad. Not just hey, we got we got we got Bob and John over here with their guns. We're all good to go. Like come on, <laughs> this door takes like five minutes to open and close. We'll be oh. fine. Yeah, yeah, this is exactly. It's just like it's like a vault tech, you know, like type of door. <laughs> Everything's like sliding out, and there's lots of uh, connections I was making between like vault tech and umbrella. Like, boy, <laughs> do they both suck! Like, super duper suck. But obviously, umbrella, of course, sucks more. Mm-hmm. I it's. I know we'll go back to the beginning though, when they're recapping everything. I guess they had to do that for those who didn't see the first one. Yeah. But I was thinking throughout this movie, I'm like, if I had never seen Resident Evil One. And don't know the source material, which I don't. I, I would be confused. I'd be confused through a lot of this. Like, who is this person? What's going on? Why? I don't know. Just just kick people again and blow more things up, I guess. That's what I'm going to do now. So I'm I, glad they had that. I'm glad they had a little bit of onboarding there. Me too. Um, but I don't think it was enough. <laughs> I what was I like, kind of realize is that people like... People, a lot of people just know Resident Evil from these movies and they really love them. Like I, <laughs> I had a hairdresser and she like loved Alice. And I remember going to uh, HMV back when that was a thing. And I, I had an umbrella corporation like costume ring they used to wear. And people would be like, oh, dude, I love those movies. And I'm just like, cool. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't care. Like, it's you're not hurting me. Like, if you never play the games, I know the. The Alice recap is like a trend throughout the entire series. Oh, is it? <laughs> like yeah. It's this, okay. the start of all of them at the part of five. It takes like literally 15 minutes before the movie to start because they have to recap the other four. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> 
Well, it saves them 15 minutes of footage they need to film. So, you know, that helps. Yeah. I wish I could remember, like, I've seen all, all these up to the end, but it's been so long. Because uh, about, I think a year before this podcast started, I was I was going to rewatch these with my father-in-law and my wife. And we got we got through three, and then that was over with. After three, they were done. So it was <laughs> nice. Like, I'm excited to go through this whole series someday. Slowly. Very slowly, I seem to be. But no, this deep. movie, besides them being stupid, a dumbass corporation, like, I like how this mo- how they this movie really takes Resident Evil two and three, mashes them into together to make a movie. My only like the way I felt when I was when I was doing this is like somebody just read a Wikipedia article about Resident Evil two and Resident Evil three and then went hmm this is what I think it would be like. Oh, I bet you no one no one played the game. I I, no. I could almost guarantee that. But here's my question, and I this is gonna sound very stupid, but that's okay. I'm among friends. Is Alice in the games? No. No. Okay, no, right? There's no Alice. No. Alice is not Alice does not live here anymore. Alice is not here. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm racking my brain like who is Mila Jovovich, whoever her name is. And of course they reveal her as Alice. I knew who Jill Valentine is. I mean, yeah. I I live in the world of video games. I know who Jill Valentine is. Come on now. Every but almost I mean, he's the only one that's like she's the only one that's really like a brand new character they just made for these movies. Like the Nemesis, even that's they took they took an existing thing and changed it. So I know ne- yeah, Nemesis is a thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to go off on a weird tangent. Me and my husband love these movies. And it's one of the reasons why, like, we're <laughs> one of the things that binds our relationship together is how much we both love these movies. <laughs> and uh, yeah, one of the things that he made a good point, and it's his argument, and I believe his argument wins for this, is that the reason why these movies work is because there's a main character and it's Mia Jovovic. Like, if if there was no main character and it switched between like, 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 like the games, like it switched in between like every other different character, every movie. I don't think people will like these movies as much. Yeah. I was going to bring that up too, because I actually years ago when one uh, up.com was still a thing, like I wrote a blog kind of about the Resident Evil movies and their defense. And like, can you imagine like a Hollywood system where like you sign on to start in like Resident Evil, like this multi-million dollar franchise based on this like video game that's huge and you know most actors like okay i'm gonna get a franchise but then it's like okay no no no, you're not in the second one and they'd be like what <laughs> like this doesn't make any sense you you might be in the third one uh, yeah <laughs> you may bring you back you know yeah uh, Fair. That's, that's an interesting point she having her as a and she does things in this movie which is great She's a lot of fun. Like she's, you know, shooting and jumping. Whereas in the first Resident Evil, she just hides. She just hides behind army guys with army guns and who shoot things. Yeah. So this was cool. I was here for that. Like it, this movie gave me what I was lacking in the first Resident Evil, which is again, you know, Mila Djokovic. I keep saying Djokovic. So I'm just gonna see, keep saying that. Huh. Mila or Alice just jumping around, doing fun stuff, being cool. One of my issues with this movie, which is a, a me issue thing is how quickly the virus spreads because it's in less than 13 hours that it's already spread. It's everywhere. Like when Mila wakes up after she's been activated, it's like that whole area has already been abandoned and you can look like, you know, you can see it. They've already looked like they've been fighting already. Okay. So, th- okay. So thank you, Mike, because you completely made the weirdest plot hole of all in both the Resident Evil series, the games and the movie. So this happens within 13 hours, right? It's yeah, in this movie it does. I don't think the game is thirteen hours. I think the game is longer. Who the fuck printed out a newspaper that said the dead are walking in thirteen hours? <laughs> That's good. <point. laughs> Nobody. 
The so extra, it, extra, extra edition, yeah. Is it that time? Because I know yeah, it's 13 game, hours. So, so in the first game, like the mansion incident is in July, and then Resident Evil 2 takes place in September, and 3 rolls into like the 1st of October. I didn't think it was that fast because, I mean, they had to like rip apart Matt, like Eric Mabius's character from the first game, and put him back together and experiment on Alice. Like, I thought they were down there for like a little while before it got out. There, there's probably oh, there for like a day. Yeah, That's a lot of work for a day. <laughs> well, I, I think the idea is they, they rip apart Matt and then they like, they go down to like the hive like a week later or something. Yeah, okay. I would think there's some time there, yeah, because they're doing a lot of... A couple days. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like it was more than that, but that's just based on the amount of work they were doing. Because like, I don't think there's zombies in the town, and then like it, it, they go to the gate, and there's still people there, and they say, oh, it's finally came to like the gates. <laughs> it finally came to the gates. Yeah. It's, it's something it's to creeping. say. <sighs> yes, the creeping virus is stalking everybody. Just okay, I mean, Yeah, you're right. That's, that's a, such a weird thing. Like the virus immediately incubates and becomes airborne the second it reaches a human host and just spreads like that. Because that's how viruses work. I mean, not that far off. I know they don't, they don't go that fast, but yeah. It uh, maybe I was about to like, get super nerdy and say in the Resident Evil in the first movie, the white or the red queen says that the virus changes from liquid to airborne based on its environment or something. Yeah, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty smart virus, I gotta say. Huh. Well, oh. in part three, it, it it infects plant life and water, so <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> oh, good golly, Missy, that's wow. Okay, not, I, I, not I, even I, a sunflower is safe from this. I want to say in the games that it takes longer because, like, I, I want to say, like, it gets through the whole water system and all the rats get into it. Like, I think there's more stuff happens. Before they actually like it takes over the city, but I could be wrong. I can't remember. But in this movie, it's, it's very quick. Yeah, but I, my, say, okay, I have <laughs> I a big issue it. here that I didn't understand. So Jill goes in the police station when you first see Jill, and you have like the whole Resident Evil Three reenactment where she's listening to the radio, and she goes, then you know, and she, you know, she's wearing her classic costume from that game. She goes to the police station and just starts shooting people in the head. As you How do does, when you're dressed really tactically. I love her tactical outfit of. What was that? It's a corset slash, I don't know what they call it. Tube top, thing. I think, right? Tube top. There you go. Yeah, corset slash tube top thing. And I, I again, I recognize the outfit because I live in a world of video games. So <laughs> I, I recognize this is Jill Valentine. I do want to though back up very, very quickly and sure. state this movie does a pretty good job of instilling terror in like a zombie attack or in a, in a, in a situation where people are out of control because that is like a, a weird weird fear of mine like just Dang. in case like i don't know anarchy comes out and all of a sudden people start revolting i am well aware i have no ability to, to protect my family so i'm the person who just gets eaten in hour one and i know that's <laughs> gonna happen oh, i literally will wake up at, at least once a month i will have like those weird dreams where like people are invading the home but the home inv- like five people invading the home and what the fallback area would be and I just, so, so this kind of hit that note for me, right? Okay. Like this really hit a weird note for me. It was like, wow, this is kind of scary. This is a terrifying thing in these hordes of shambling people. And by the way, how much fun would it be to be an extra on this movie and just shamble around <laughs> as a zombie? 
That's like I think that's why my life goals is to just get a role in some crappy movie playing a zombie shambling around with goop coming out of my mouth. I think that would be so fun. I don't know. I think it does a good job of that. It really does. It sets up this kind of terror and this dread. It does. And the gate is such a good tear moment when they closed all the doors except for this one and people are trying to get out and you see people pushing and shoving and they're trying to like, because I mean, again, that's a completely real thing. Imagine being, imagine being the guy who's like at the gate and it does a thing where it's like, oh, the virus is here. Close the gate and you're in your car while they close the gate. And you're like, God damn it. This would happen to me. There, there's yeah. two things about the characters in this movie, and I'll I'll, I'll kind of uh, backpedal on because this movie cuts out a lot of stuff and makes stuff weirder. One is uh, Blair probably knows what I'm talking about because I'm a weirdo, and the reason why uh, Jill is dressed like that is because it is an unbelievably hot September that day. That's in the <laughs> book, from what I yes. remember. That's in the SD Perry book. <laughs> yes, I remember that from the book. I haven't read any of the books, but I remember that being from the book. That's funny. But also, like, Jill is also, like, she's not... I don't even know why she goes to the police station. Because it seems like... I guess she's telling everyone, like, don't go to work. Just get the hell out of here. So I, that's my headcanon as to why. Because she's just like, yeah, I'm just going to hop in my car and leave. And then, you know, she gets stopped. Because Umbrella just, like, quarantines the city. Because it's like, you want to wear something that's going to cover your neck in a thing where people are getting eaten right. and bitten by yeah. zombies. You have so much exposed flesh. Also, like, how does she know there's zombies? Because th- she's not in the first movie. Well, there's, uh, in her apartment, they have, like, newspaper clippings about disgraced officer Jill Valentine. I guess she, like, and again, that's why we don't, maybe it does say the time. I, I, I might have missed it to see how long it was that it went from like the first movie to like the full on outbreak. Cause it could have been like the games where there is like a month or two or something. And she's saying like, this is happening, but everyone's like, Oh, you're just crazy. And then you're suspended or whatever. So I pause okay. the movie and it doesn't make sense either because like, if you read it, it, it's, it's weird because you can, Look, zoom in and look at it. It doesn't say why. It just says stars officer iron suspension, leave of absence. Jill Jill Valentine was duped, and it doesn't ever say why. And it's weird because the whole point is in in the games game wise, the reason why is she's on suspension is because they went to the Arclay Mountains. Resident Evil yeah. One happened, and they came back and they're like, "Holy shit, there are zombies!" And they're like, "No, it's not real. You're all on fucking leave now." Well, it was Irons, who in the game you had Chief Irons, who was on the Umbrella payroll, who was like, like feeding misinformation to the public, being like, these guys are crazy. Listen to me. Um, just trying to, you know, get the blame off of Umbrella and put it on these like police officers. Also, they didn't get any evidence in the first game, too. I'm just like, you're really bad police officers. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, but just well, that. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Bill. What are you going to say? Oh, I was just saying, I do like the fact that this gate scene, um, number one, I love the fact that they found the, the soldier with the deepest voice to do the countdown. I re- <laughs> no, five, four, three, the most menacing dude. And then they, then some guy goes, I forget, I think it might have been the evil businessman. He, he, goes, he goes, we're now authorized to switch to live ammunition. What were you using before there, guys? Like, I can see everybody just like loading their ammunition I just made me laugh the fact that they have to tell everyone, all right, hey, everyone, hey, 
all you people trying to get out. Yeah, now we're not uh, we're not messing around anymore. This is we're not we're not fooling. This is now no jokes time. To bed. Let's go. Count of ten. So I found that very very humorous to me, at least. especially the man with the very deep voice. It's like, oh boy, <laughs> they hired you just for that. That was your job. And then you have one of the stars members gets bitten, except he's not even from the games. Like there's a bunch of stars members they could have they could have chosen, and they go with a random guy that has nothing to do with the games. They're all random. <laughs> I know, but like, are they? there are. Yeah. They could have put in people. Like, there's Forrest, there's Kenneth. There's even a black guy. Isn't it like Joseph something is the black guy on the team? Frost? Uh, no, Kenneth is the is the African-American okay. guy because he's the first guy you find uh, when you meet the first zombie. Yeah, I thought they would have, you know, name drop one of them just because. But no, they just give the guy his name, Peyton. They, like, yeah, they literally could have named that guy Brad and no one would have like even cared, honestly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I mean, like my yeah. thing was like Jill. It shows that Jill knows they're infected, knows they're zombies, shoots them all in the head. Her friend gets bit, and they just take him along on this nice long trip through the city. Well, the, I feel they because I remember watching this back in 2004, and, and friends complaining about this. And I think a lot of problems with this is that like Resident Evil Nemesis, which is just, this is based on, is such a Jill Valentine heavy game, and this. Like she's here, but Alice kind of steals all the moments, which we'll get into later on. Yeah. But yeah. I also like that, like Jill is very hardened, but she actually has character in that, you know, she knows what she has to do. And, but it's her friend. So it's really hard. And you see her vulnerability. Like I can't stand like these boring Milovich action characters who are just like, they're badass because they can flip and they don't show emotions as they don't have any. But Jill actually has something to work on. It's very little, but it's something. Hey, listen. All right. Uh, Alice occasionally smirks. Okay, Occasionally, <laughs> once in a blue, she'll give you a wry smirk. You get that. Oh, I agree with you. He, she, she is a wooden statue. And uh, well, shouldn't say that. A flipping, jumping, shooting statue. <laughs> yeah, she has. None of these characters have any depth. None of them have any real motivation other than leave <laughs> to get out of here of course the motivation will be later on we have ashford and the daughter but we'll talk about that I have yeah i mean well so do i actually but um <laughs> we will we will get there when we get there i suppose i think we're at the point now where we get introduced to carlos is that right yes carlos <laughs> oh. i'm gonna ask this is was this guy from was this guy ever was in the games or any of these yes. you said that yeah, he's, these old, he's so in Carl, Carl, yeah. Carlos is in three. The actor is Obed Fair, who I yes. was very happy to see because he's the yes. um, admiral in Star Trek Discovery. And he's oh, in that, Mummy. Yes, I was going to say he's from the Mummy. Both movies. Right. I'm just like, oh, man, love he's that guy. Mummy and Mummy yeah. Returns. I, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah he's, good, he's good in this. And he's, he's good in Star Trek Discovery that that the show has flaws. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. We'll have to talk about that one day, maybe. But yeah, no, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised to see him in this movie. I also like to thank him. I like to think it's uh, his fault for them turning Carlos into a himbo in the remake. And oh, he is such a hot himbo in the remake. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> and so I like to think it's this movie. Why? Because I'm like in the game, he's like a very stereotypical Hispanic man. You know, he, he has a very thick Mexican <laughs> accent. Voiced by a white Canadian. <laughs> oh, my God, he is. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> No, did Carlos survive Resident Evil 3 or does he die? Yeah, there are multiple spoilers. I haven't Pretty seen this shit. yet. Hang on, hang on. Just, just discuss this on your own. I haven't seen Resident Evil. I'm not on the movie. I'm talking about the original game. 
the, game. the games. Oh, I could care less. Game. Does he survive the original game, which is no longer canon? So, well, yeah. he does in in both. I don't know. There's multiple endings in three. I'm pretty sure he survives all of them. Okay. Yes. The way I play, he always does. So. Okay, that's what I was curious about. No, I, I don't want to talk. We won't talk about third movie. I'm just thinking. I couldn't remember the third game if he dies or not. And that so that had me curious when it came to this. I just couldn't remember. Well, no, I know. I know what you're thinking of, and it's weird. They he's kind of the same character because I I think he's very heroic in the third game as well. That's kind of how his character is. But they scrub Nikolai of his entire character because he's the fucking bad guy in three. Yeah. He's supposed to be a traitor, and here he like I thought he was gonna betray them because I know where it goes in the game. And in this movie, he he joins them and then just dies. And he also flirts yeah, for with Jill. Fun. Flirts with Jill and then dies. That's what you get when you flirt with Jill Valentine. You don't, well, it's, you don't do it's, that. It's Dave Titus. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering, like the whole idea, like where they do, they just drop all these random mercenaries in the middle of of the city, and the police are fighting. To me, that was like, again, that's a scene right from the cutscenes of the old PS1 game. But it was also weird to me. I was like, why are you just randomly in the middle of the city? We're just going to start gunning down people. Like, maybe you in should the, be somewhere uh, else. In the games, the context was, I mean, yeah, because Nikolai was the villain and sending in the UBCS, or which I don't know if they're called that in this. Yes, It's for combat data because they want to see how they fare in like extreme circumstances. Right. Because like Nikolai is what's known as like a supervisor, so he's just there to be like, how are will commandos handle being overrun by all these zombies and mutants? Yeah, they all, all like yeah. convict stuff too. Like there are people who were just picked up who were in trouble that Umbrella just kind of took over. Yes. Okay. I know not mentioned movie in the, movie. the game. In the game. In the game. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, this one there was a lot of that too, where it almost seems like it's a giant, and that's why I connect this to Vault Tech, because Vault Tech, all they do is perform evil social experiments on the people <laughs> in their vaults because they're there. So we might as well learn something while they're there. Um, that had a very strong vibe of that when they closed the gate and had this feeling of, oh, they just want to, all right, little lab rats now. We're just gonna study this. Hey, you know, we didn't expect this to happen, but since there's a problem we can't solve. Maybe we can learn something from it, which let's be honest, it's not the worst. <laughs> I mean, it's not a great idea, but we're faced with the opportunity of learning nothing from this. Can we can experiment, learn something. Like, yeah, go grab exactly. your guns and go fight the Mantis people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I still was surprised, like, because the idea that they're letting some people out of the city, I feel like wouldn't work well in the first place. If you're trying to do this big of a cover up, you don't want anybody getting out. Yeah, I mean that's and that's the other side of it too. They don't want anyone getting out to to spread. I loved also how they how they kind of hand waved the nuclear explosion that's going to like eradicate this virus. Oh, the reactor blew. Oops. Oh well, we'll skip that at the end, which is so ridiculous and so mid two thousands. It was mid two thousands media panic. Yeah, it, it's is it very very funny for me, but. Yeah, so we got Carlos. Carlos does this awesome action thing where he jumps out of a hel- helicopter with both guns ablazing. Can't be easy. <laughs> Before the ropes even secured. Before the ropes even secured is right. I mean, it's it's one of like the the weird thing about this movie is I I love even though like it's it is a movie you still get kind of the in debts of the characters because they obviously see this girl bitten and Carlos jumps out of a helicopter to save one person. And even he's even she's like she's bit. He's like, no, we'll still be able to help you out. So I do kind of like this moment for that. Well, you have to, I do. to think about like no how much did they actually know going in? They're probably just giving orders like, OK, go in and help people. And I mean, there is an antivirus somewhere. 
<laughs> like, yeah, but they don't know. Do you True. guys? Do you guys think this is the weirdest Easter egg? Just like this whole movie. What? That the guy's name is Ashford. It bothers me. It bothers me too. Because there's a character they could have went with in the games. Birkin would have made perfect sense. Birkin has a daughter, Sherry. Sherry gets infected in the games. Could have all had that. Instead, they take Ashford, who's one of the scientists who starts Umbrella, who ends up getting killed, if I remember correctly. His is kids he killed? Is he the one that gets locked up in the basement and his tortured. kids experiment on the Veronica virus and he comes in Nosferatu mutant? Okay. Oh, is that that boss fight? Okay. Yes. Yep. So I mean that that kind of bothered me. Like I didn't catch it till this till this watch through. I'm like, wait a second, this is Ashford. This is not Glowy. This is not Birkin. And that kind of bothered me a little bit. Well, it's, they didn't it's just because uh, uh, Doctor Birkin was supposed to be because at the end of the first movie. Uh, Jason Isaacs was Dr. Birkin, and then he was supposed to be, he was supposed to come back for the end, but I don't think they could get him. So then that became the Dr. Isaacs character, who they named because they couldn't get Jason Isaacs back. So instead of just calling him William Birkin, they just gave him a new name. <laughs> oh, and, okay. And they they also do, you know, they he's in, he, he survives at the end of this movie, so you know they bring him back, so... And am I remembering correctly that the little girl is supposed to be based on the Red Queen from the first movie? Okay, no. no. Okay, so, yes. No. But here, and I won't get too much into part six, but so in this movie, in this movie they talk about, so, like, the genesis of the T-virus was, uh, he knew his daughter was going to get sick, so he made the T-virus to make her better. And in the first movie, they talk about how the creator of the T-Virus made the Red Queen an image of his daughter. So in part six, they retcon all of that. Yeah. It okay. just, they just weird, threw it out weird, the window. Weird. Okay, so I wasn't, like, that was a thing at the time of this, right? I yeah, like I think the, that the, the daughter is supposed to be the Red Queen. And then part six, it's just like, it's a completely different thing that they don't even try to makes sense they're just like oh yeah look it's just like the games now even though we've never been like the games it's so dumb okay uh, all i know and i love the fact you guys know so much about this and have so much insight because all <laughs> i know is jared harris was playing the guy role of ashford and he was the guy in Mad Men, and he's a great actor and i was very happy to see him too and he wears stupid glasses that like, hang off of his nose so oh, that's, yeah, that's that was... literally the best i got for this particular character so I like the insights really interesting. I think it's I think it's fun. Um, I did not connect that to the uh, to the Red Queen. In, OK, uh, the I first feel one. like I heard that, but maybe I'm hallucinating. I don't know. You're probably right. They, these not movies, hallucinating. That's my guess. Hallucinating. <laughs> yeah, these movies retcon a lot of stuff throughout the series. So just don't worry about it right now. I love some of these original movies back in the day. I can say that. Oh, I also want to point out like. The whole idea that we mentioned, like, Astrid, because in the beginning of the movie, which we kind of skipped over, they're going and their ta- umbrellas taking all these scientists out and they go and get the scientist Ashford, but they go to get his daughter. And for some reason, the car gets hit by a cement truck. I'm assuming it's supposed to be a reference to Resident Evil 2, where, you know, the cop car with Leon and Claire gets hit and no one goes back to go get her. Like, oh, yeah, we, uh, we <laughs> yeah. lost Tango 12. Oh, man, you know what? <laughs> Even though it's all sunny out, and there's no zombies. Ah, fuck Tango 12. Like, you think maybe you double back to check on Tango? No. You nope. clearly nope. don't know what traffic is like in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> is this all shot in Toronto? Oh, yes. it most certainly is. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay, cool. Okay. Funny. So cool. I don't know, that, that bothered me because if they just would have went back and got the girl, 
then nothing. I mean, the heroes would never have made it out of the city. Nothing, none of that would have happened. Like, problem solved. Do you want me to be a hundred percent honest with you, guys? They could have. I was. I was. We we finished movie with my husband, and me and him talked about it when like the movie and everything. You probably could have cut out everything with the dad and the daughter, and just made more made more character growth in the movie and just have his use of, well, how do we get out of the city? Oh, just go to the main building of Umbrella. And it's just like the guy, the main bad guy at the end of the movie, he's the one leading them because he wants Alice to fight Nemesis. And you can cut like maybe like, what, 30 minutes oh. out of this movie and add other stuff in it. Okay, you're 100% yeah. right. I'm Absolutely just thinking right. of a pitch meeting and it's like, but then the movie doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, well. Well, I think, like you said, re- replace it with something like, you know, character development, maybe a couple of beats to breathe and other things. Yeah, yeah, I can see other things replacing that for sure. And it's also the it's a weird secondary motivation. Like the first motivation is to get the get the hell out. Like we just yeah. got to leave time, time to leave. And it's a weird again. Secondary motivation is and again, we haven't gotten to that point, but that's fine. If we don't. It's this weird thing where Ashford, I can lead you out of here. I can help you get out of here if you get my daughter first. So his motivation, get his daughter, fine, right? Fine. But their motivation now is to save a little girl that they could care less about. She's just (laughs) a key to the door. She's just a big key in Zelda that opens the big door that gets them out of here. That gets them to the big boss, to the big nemesis boss. So You're literally uh, describing a Resident Evil game. like, Like a bunch of keys. To like four <laughs> keys to open a door to get to a thing to fight a mute, which then gets you somewhere else. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> oh man, it's almost as if there's like some way to like split a child up into four pieces and then use that as a key. Yeah. Too bad. Too bad none of the Resident Evil games do that. I don't so get that sp- reference, but I feel like you're not joking. That's literally the plot of Resident Evil Village. <laughs> okay, that's why I didn't get it. All right. <laughs> Haven't played Village yet or watched it. One day. I have a I have a weird question, uh, Blair. Yeah. What did you think of the uh, the gun shop? Because I'm not gonna lie to you, most gun shops in America kind of look like that. I mean, I w- I don't have any knowledge of gun shops as we don't have them here. I don't even know what a gun shop looks like. I know they probably don't sell like designer women's tank tops and jeans yeah. and <laughs> not in, maybe in Texas, not in my state. <laughs> no, they could. Like most gun shops also sell. Like technically, it's a surplus store. And I mean, they probably would sell like shirts and pants, maybe like cargo pants or something. And maybe they yeah. sell shirts with like their like company logo on them. But yeah, it's oh, yeah. pretty much close. Yeah, I, th- I believe. And again, I've never been inside a gun shop. I, guns guns frighten me as they should. They're designed to kill people. They mm-hmm. are. They're scary things. I'm sorry. I'm people like guns. It's fine. My I have an, I have an uncle that really is into it. Fine. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't put all my AR-15s, all five of them, in the kids' playroom, but that's just me. Again, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, that's real, real story. So Texas. anyway, I got, I got nothing. no, no, uh, Iowa. Anyway, okay, um, yes, you can. Usually, you can buy like tactical gear and like gun belts, and you know, again, I don't know about custom women's tank tops with all that little <laughs> mesh on there because just because it's the mid two thousands and you got to have some sort of mesh somewhere. Yeah. Oh. I mean, what? surplus store. I don't know. It just was weird to me because I feel like I don't I don't go in gun stores because I don't care about guns or buy guns or own guns. But uh-huh. I feel like it would have been locked behind a case, not just sitting there. Well, I mean, in the midst <laughs> of a zombie apocalypse, you just kind of break the glass, you know, and in, in case of emergency, yeah. you just kind of knock that back. I, If I may take two seconds and, and feel free to cut this. You won't. But I, I'm just I giving you that option now. I, I want to now tell my I, I never have an opportunity to tell my gun story. 
I have a gun story. When I moved here from New York to Austin, Texas, eight years ago, or nine years ago now, um, yeah, I know nothing about guns. I grew up in New Jersey. What do I care about guns? Move here to Texas, and you know how you always get mail from your previous occupants, right? You always get mail <laughs> for something. The first piece of mail I ever received was a gun catalog where you can like build your own whatevers. Like, you can build your own revolver <laughs> with pieces and parts. So I'm leafing through this thing. First piece of mail, welcome to Texas. And there's a section for concealment where you can like hide your gun. And there were things you can buy that you can actually put it in the console of your truck or vehicle and hide like revolvers in there, like literally hide it in the place you put your cup holder. That was my welcome to Texas mail before I got anything else. Yeah. Pottery barn catalog, you know, random circular. No gun catalog with gun parts. And if you're into guns out there, I you know what? That's fine. Be, res- be responsible. I'm not going to shame you for it. It creeps me out. So there you go. That's my I don't like story. guns either. And you're right. I won't cut it. But that's actually good. I, I like that story. I mean, I'll say, I mean, when I left, when I bought my house, the old mail I got was just bills for someone for someone else's name. I went, oh, that's nice. And threw them in the garbage. <laughs> same. Same. I'm like, man, you're not going to miss this. You're supposed to do something with those. But come on. I did. I still get mail from whoever from random people who used to live here. And I go, oh, that's nice. And they go right in the recycle bin. <laughs> that's it. I hope anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, gun shop. Uh, Alice gets herself all decked out in her tactical gear. As many weapons as you possibly can. And uh, we and then you to... have, I think, one of the creepiest moments of this movie is the church thing. I think it's fucking creepy when they go to the church. Uh-oh. So you have Jill, the random guy, Peyton, who's been bit. And you have the TV reporter that you saw in the very opening of the movie where she's a weather. She's a weather reporter and she's a reporter, which doesn't work the same way. But OK, sure, whatever. And like they end up in a church trying to seek refuge. And I think this is a good, like freaky ass part. They find some random guy that terrified. And then as she's walking around, she finds some weird monk guy who has his like every zombie movie has to have. He has a sister who's been infected and he's feeding her dead body. And he's feeding her body parts. Cool. I think it's really cool. Hi. I think this whole the whole church thing, I think, is really, really neat. It's yeah, good. It's creepy. It's cool. Yeah. I, I of course, you know, me. Oh, I know you liked it. I was like, oh, oh yeah, I just I, I giggled and smiled and clapped my hands like a five year old. It was that's exactly what I did. Um, I mean, but it's like it's just so funny because it's a very like Romero thing, because I feel like a lot of the Romero movies have stuff like that in there, like maybe Day of the Dead. If I remember. Correct. I mean, it's just something like that from old zombie movies. Where it's like, oh, yeah, my brother, he's fine. No, he's like, you know, like they're just keeping someone that's completely dead. Listen, if COVID taught us anything. There will always be yeah. people who say they're fine and be infected and still go out. Oh, you know, I so. agree. <laughs> I know for a fact. More than I I'm okay with at the moment. So I swear it's just a chest cold. <laughs> so, yeah, you do know that Tucker Carlson would be on Fox News saying the T-virus is a hoax made up by the devil. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, there done. would be people out there like, I mean, after COVID hit, I don't care what the what your political thoughts are like. People out there will see, will will just not buy facts or just make up their own stories about a about a disease when it's just like we got to be safe. You know, no, it's a. I mean, again, after COVID, when they used, you know, there used to be the joke of, oh, run like it's a plague. You mean run towards it? Okay. So yeah, I completely understand now. I have no after COVID, no question. People are stupid. No, for sure, for sure. But I think what what this this scene, especially, the, and there's a few scenes in this movie that where the improvement. It's actually sad. For W.S. Anderson, that um, Paul W.S. Anderson, that a second DP 
literally lots of really cool movies and good movies did a much better job than he did. Like that's a, it's a <laughs> market market upgrade. He's really good at building tension, like basic tension. It's basic framing, shot framing, you know, long angle, you know, more of a wide shot, someone walking slowly. And the editing is good too, which tension is mostly editing anyway. But he he does a really good job at building these tensions, these little not jump scares, but little gotcha moments, you know, and fake outs. It's it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, baby's first horror movie, but it works. Like it's <laughs> it, he does a nice job. It's good. See, that's what I felt about the first one. Like I just love how slow the first one is and how it takes its time to like get in into like the hive and everything. This <laughs> something I was gonna I was thinking about every action scene in this movie is that whatever the whip sound effect it is for punching or something, they must have got like a sail on that or something. Because <laughs> there's like so many times like, whoop, 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 and I was like, man, you got that like a Dollarama or something. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I also it's, gotta uh, say the liquors are so freaking like frightening in this too. Questionable CG. Quest- yeah. Questionable CG. Yeah, but, but I mean, like it. the idea of them like creeping around, there's multiple of them, like I liked it. I mean, yeah, no, it's not very good. I think That's there fine. was some puppetry in the first one, though, that I missed. No, the the first one when they when they're on the train, whenever oh, she like that's sho- the puppet. yeah, she shoves the pipe up its ass. That's totally a puppet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like to also call out Paul W S Anderson uh, for this scene as well because whenever someone he was in an interview or something and they were talking about this movie and he said like on an interview whenever this. They, this movie went to like its premiere whenever Alice like jumped through the stained glass window on a on the motorcycle. He, he claimed everyone stood up out of their seat and started clapping for like joy and was like cheering. He's a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. There's no way. No way. It's cool. It's, it's a, a cool good scene. Moment. Yeah, it's a cool moment. I mean, is I, this the I, moment too where she shoots the, and had this this laboriously long bullet time moment where these bullets slowly but surely travel through the air? Is this the moment? Because I remember. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm watching it right now, but I haven't gotten to that part. And that's again where it's like this game or movie rather (laughs) like Alice always undercuts Jill. And I think that's yes for a lot of people. Like, I mean, I look at this and I'm like, look, this isn't a one for one recreation of Resident Evil Nemesis. They take some liberties, which I don't mind because if it's just the same thing, then it just sucks everything out but like jill always gets undercut like here she's like okay i'm out of ammo and she's trapped and alice rides in a motorcycle and then later on when they're in the school like jill's gonna have a moment but then it gets it fizzles out hilariously and then so alice can look cool and yeah, it's that... just like you can have more than one person do cool things you know <laughs> like and jill's well, a cooler character yeah. than alice in this movie too like i really like that actress yeah, I would have rather yeah. had more of her than Alice, but I get it. Alice has to be like the, the mainstay. Very, very minor spoiler, but I'm actually really glad they bring her back later on as Blonde Jill in the later uh, movies. Yes. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, you'll see. Yeah, because she doesn't, she doesn't make it out of this, evidently. or Who knows, right? She was that, at the hel- helicopter crash. They were jumping way ahead now. Did you miss but... the end part right after that? Oh, we'll no, I did not. I, oh, I, no, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. My, yeah, no, she sorry. survives. I, I did laugh after the church part, like when you first didn't reintroduce yes. the black guy. I can't remember his name of the character. They don't say it till later. Peyton. Oh, Peyton. you mean oh, the other guy? 
the the gold gun guy. AJ? Yeah. Uh, LJ. 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 You have a random scene where you have him driving a car and he and he sees a bunch of like zombie strippers and he crashes. Let me go on record here. I know my in, my introductory quote was you know was from him. He sucks. <laughs> he, he stinks. I couldn't stand him. And when he joined the crew, I was just I'm like, oh, for you know what? And I know this guy is supposed to be the comedy relief. He is. He's the worst. He yeah, sucks. He's stupid. Sucks. I can't. I could. I. I could not stand him. I like even him. for a moment. Again, he, comedy is subjective. I get it, but I me, mean, I, I just for me, it was no bueno. He, he has one moment there. that I like. Yeah, there is one moment I like from him too. I hope it's, a, <laughs> I hope it's the same moment. And then after you see, I have him. Let me. See, I can't remember what happens next. I'm watching the movie. I don't. I just watch. Is this when they go to the? No, okay. It cuts back and forth, showing like that fight with Carlos and them, where they're sh- where they're fighting. Like, I mean, that stuff is interesting. I mean, I know the point of it. Like we we mentioned earlier, it's just that Umbrella's trying to get information on how the BOW so they can sell it. I I think what's funnier is so that like, we talked about earlier. This is a, this is a technically a shot for shot from like I think the third game. Yeah, it's but yeah. What's what's funnier is in the movie that grenade actually kills three zombies, to where in the game it doesn't kill any zombies, and that guy gets eaten. <laughs> I mean, I feel like grenade wouldn't be that useful against a zombie because the point of grenade is to hit it with shrapnel. Unless you hit it in the head, it ain't gonna stop the zombie. I know it's funny because yeah. I almost wrote down too that the game with the game. I did it too. I did it too. Everyone's gonna do it at least once and call this movie a game. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. I was thinking like, wait, how come? And I know you can't shoot them in the chest. And all these army guys, of course, are just unloading clip after clip. They're not going pew 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 pew. Like, they're just unloading, and then they're surprised they're out of ammo. Ooh, oh, no, we're out of ammo. <laughs> well, and, um, and again, I think that just goes back to the point where I think they were sent in with no intel. It's just like, look, there is something happening here. That's um, fair. It doesn't okay. bother me in this. Like, there's, there's, there's one of the animated Resident Evil movies that takes place after Resident Evil 4, where Leon Kennedy, a Raccoon City survivor, goes into an airport with a bunch of people, <laughs> and one of the cops there is like, oh, my God, I shot him like 10 times in the chest. And it's just like, this is public knowledge in this world. There is a organization that fights monsters. Like, you know, it's like your generation. Yeah, yeah I, I, I that's a very good point, Blair. I, I didn't I I didn't think I kind of assumed they had a working knowledge of zombies. But I guess that really makes more sense. No. So. But yeah, well, it makes zombies, sense, but sorry, like later on in the franchise, they should know. Yes, that makes perfect sense. But here, I you, I guess if they were just dropped in with no context and just shambling people shoot them, I could see them being a little you know, surprised. But still, you have to like unload your entire clip and it's 85,000 of them just coming down <laughs> on your head. It's, well, uh, another, it's yeah. another part that felt like a very Romero part is when they go into the cemetery and all of a sudden, all the zombies from like, you know, all the dead bodies that were buried start breaking out. So I, how does that work? That, that's my question with you. That was my it, question. I think in this movie and in like even the games, it explains like, hey, the T-virus only works on living beings. Like, yeah. And yeah. And it only affects living cells. I think she I think Alice says that whenever she's injecting Carlos with the cure later on. She does. So, yeah. So it wouldn't make sense for them for zombies to come up out of the ground. And I think what it's supposed to be is there's a there's a moment in Code Veronica where it happens because this, yes. this game also is I did it damn it <laughs> <laughs> trifecta 
You should have a counter. Yeah. (laughs) This movie takes from Code Veronica as much as it does from three. And in Code Veronica, the scene where zombies come out of the grave and attack you. But you find a file that says, oh, no, they've been doing experiments on people and then killing them and then burying them. So technically, the people on the ground are already infected with the T-virus. They're just getting up. Here, it doesn't make sense. So it's essentially the backyard and what we do in the shadows. It reminded me a lot of Dawn of the Dead. Is what it, or, or not died. Yeah, not Dawn Dead. Oh, the first one, Night of the Dead. Reminded me a lot Night of that. Because in that original black and white movie, that happened because a comet goes over. So, And that's what it, again, felt like a reference to Romero. Yeah, I, and I didn't get it. I, again, my, I had the exact same question. It's like, oh, really? The dead come alive now? Well, these people have no chance whatsoever. You can't <laughs> even hide out in the cemetery. Like, these people were died of natural causes, not from some creepy virus. And exactly how would that work? Would, you know what? If hey, but you know what? If Herbert West in Reanimator can resurrect <laughs> the dead with green goop, may I'm sure Umbrella Corporation could do so with the T virus. So you know what? Maybe it's maybe it's possible. How did it get in the ground? How did it get six feet under in the ground? It's probably still coffins around. Who cares? We got our Michael Jackson thriller moment. And I actually did think during this movie, I was kind of sitting watching, taking notes, and as the zombies now these are actually zombies not just people the zombies are coming up i really did think ooh, if these zombies just start busting out thriller and just start dancing <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna have to leave the room because i'm going to be dying laughing of course that didn't happen nor would that happen in a sane mm-hmm. universe but i don't know that the image of jill valentine and army dude being surrounded by dancing zombies really gave me the giggles, the giggles last night i <laughs> really had the case of the giggles sleep right sleep deprivation i think it really does listen guys you need to get sleep i i let me be the, the living <laughs> example of how important sleep is okay i'm assuming you've never played stubs the zombie and rebel without a pulse i have i have not but boy oh boy do i want to now it's yeah, a game set a, in the 50s but there's a dance off scene with a yes. zombie yes i'm it's so futuristic- 50 style zombie game to lollipop <laughs> it's pretty good uh, yeah okay i'm into pretty that good game. What, it's it on steam uh, i was on steam okay it's on original it's an original xbox game but it's also on steam now they also remastered it too so it's probably on switch and everything at this point yeah yeah cool. it's a good game uh, and then you see them activate the nemesis program which i also find weird that nemesis is in the same hospital that alice was but i guess you know when you own the city it doesn't matter what you do so eh. but i found that was interesting and this is also like when you have the copter flies over and they're like, hey, we're over here, Carlos and Nikolai. And then they're also carrying along the guy who's been bit. And then this is when also the big cases get dropped because they give Nemesis weapons and they just ignore them, which I found kind of humorous. They're like, they're weapon cases, but they're not for us or something like that. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like how they left. Like, so uh, the, the funny thing is, so they're the same. Alice and Nemesis were in the same building, basically. Alice walks out in like a. Alice wakes up naked and finds a robe and then walks out probably in bare feet, which is awful. But Nemesis doesn't have to go look for clothes. They obviously left pants for his ass, which I think is unfair and sexist. <laughs> but Nemesis does wake up naked. Like you see his chest. And That's uh, true. one thing I, I do, one thing I do hate that people rag on this movie a lot about, and I think it's really unfair is people make fun of a Nemesis head. I'd rather have it be practical effect than CGI. Yeah, Same. me too. I think it's, it's fine. It doesn't think, do a lot. You can tell there's lots of shots where it's just like the mouth opening because that's probably all they could get. And it's never it's always seems to be just cutting to that. But like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> there's I. Yeah, go ahead. 
there's one silly moment. It's the moment where uh, they're fighting and Nemesis sticks his big fat fucking head through like a hole to shoot her with a rocket launcher. And that's like the only scene I can think of where it looks really weird. <laughs> I, I was very I found the costume to be delightfully stupid. <laughs> that was where I placed it in my brain. I I always I thought back to towards the end of the movie when they're having their big, you know, st- essentially they're having their schoolyard bully fight. Like they're literally in a schoolyard <laughs> circle and they're fighting. There are scenes where Nemesis is just standing, but uh-huh. in the background, and he looks so when he's not moving, or she actually I don't even know what I'm sorry, I don't know what a Nemesis gender is. I apologize. When when they're standing, Male, well, is it, it's is, Matt. It's Matt from the first movie. Oh, that's like, right. Or, okay, cool. Yeah, okay, yeah. very good. Sorry about that. So when he's <laughs> standing there doing nothing, it looks ridiculous. Like it looks like a Halloween costume sitting on a rack. It is unbelievably dumb. And I don't really love Nemesis. I think he's a wasted opportunity of a of a villain or a threat. Um, because I think we're talking about the scene now where he approaches that building with the sharpshooter. Yes. On the roof, right? We're at this point, and there's the 12 stars members, and they, you know, Evil McEvilson, you know, puts in the code to have him kill the stars <laughs> members, and not LJ. Please just shoot that guy. We don't need him. Maybe Why do we need him? On his Sony Walkman. Of course. <laughs> or of course. Sony Discman. <laughs> yeah, so, Sony something. Gotta have this. laptop. Yep, there's a Vio laptop in there. Saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I just, you know, you have this lumbering creature or person, whatever. And all that thing does is shoot a chain gun. And, you know, and for some weird reason, they keep cutting to the bullet counter like you would in a video game. But it was going so fast, I couldn't see what the bullet count was. So it was completely pointless to have that counter on there. And that's and it's just, yeah, sucks about the nemesis is that like, I, I appreciate they're doing practical effects and it's not just a CG mantra because it would look even worse. But like <laughs> then the, the What's scary about the nemesis in Resident Evil 3 is that he runs like he does full on mm-hmm. sprints after you. And there's lots of panic. And this he's just like slowly lumbering. And like the only thing that's scary about him is that he's strong enough to like carry a minigun and a rocket launcher the same way I'm holding the pen I have in my hand right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's boring. It, it's just a very boring sequence because chain guns innately unless you're wielding it in a game which i don't know i've never i I just don't enjoy that mechanic in games just me it's not a very interesting weapon it's just a spray and pray and And i don't know something too because i mean i prior to this i i brought up the novelization i'm not going to talk about the part that we discussed about Uh, but in the novelization they actually have chapters because all of them are from the perspective of the character and they have one from Matt's perspective where he wakes up and he's like, oh, why am I so big? Why am I shooting at these people? I don't want to shoot at these people. Like, I wish they kind of would have had there, like internally, like that could have been cool. That uh, been. Because the whole context, like what's so scary about it is that it's her friend. Yeah, and- which you don't find out, of course, till the very end, which is kind of that little gotcha moment. And you're right. I 100% agree. I would love to get a little more backstory on Nemesis. I completely forgot, again, just as a moviegoer, what this guy was. And then, of course, at the end, you discover who he was. And you're like, well, oh, OK. Right. At the end of the first movie, because he gets slashed by the super liquor. Yes. And then, like, the like stuff, like, little worms start to come out of his arm. Yeah. And Alice mm-hmm. is like, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give you the antivirus. And then 
they burst in and then one of the scientists says he's mutating, get him into the nemesis program. So yeah, that I, kind yeah. of leads you into. Yeah. I just oh, forgotten the, all that. Yeah. I just have the forgotten all that. 5,000 yeah. round before you start <laughs> shooting it. Oh, 5,000. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just couldn't see it as they're flashing to it. I'm like, I, I I'm assuming you're telling me I, this for a reason, but sitting here on Netflix. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the weird things that also kind of deteriorates in this movie from the original is I kind of hate how it's different because the idea is that the first game didn't happen. So all the stars member exist. But in weird video game canon, there's only like 10 stars members because in Raccoon City, the stars members all each have something that they're good at. You know, Chris, even though it doesn't make sense, he was like a marine naval captain and like captain of the air force and like a heads marksman by like 20 and <laughs> yeah. uh in the novel jill her dad's a cat burglar and that's why she can pick locks and all this other stuff and you have barry who's good at guns rebecca who is the team healer and all that but in this movie there's like a raccoon city's like squat swat team it doesn't yeah. make any sense and it's just and really it's like weird it's like they're the best of the best, and there's a guy who looks like he's on his like day before retirement. Yeah, the guy that, <laughs> the guy that gives like LJ the, the shotgun, right? Like he looks like he's like 50. And they're not wearing armor, they're not wearing anything tactical, it's just in like little uniforms, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have like, best yeah. Well, it's all that's a your... nod to the game. That's, that's, like, that's yeah. Chris's outfit, but everyone wears it, even though in the game everyone <laughs> has their own unique outfit. And this is an interesting piece of this puzzle, too, is that it's an adaptation. And we've kind of talked about the differences between the games and the film and the books. It's really hard to adapt games and in book, books especially into into movies because you, you have to let something go. You can't give everybody a backstory. And you have to satisfy, especially with video games, the rabid fan who want to see that uniform or see Jill Valentine's regular outfit or all these different things. So... You, it's a, I would imagine it's a tricky balance. How much fan service do you provide and how many, how many liberties do you take? Because if you take too many liberties, people are going to say, well, this isn't a Resident Evil movie. No one's wearing Chris Redfield's outfit. So <laughs> it's, it's a really tricky. So I, I kind of get with why they didn't go through like the entire SWAT team. Um, it, but it could have just been some cops, right? Or it could have just been army dudes. You know, Something oh, this, else, yeah. these, these are the special forces. They're the best of the best, you know, but they want to use the, the term swap because that's they know, have to have game. Nemesis say the line, even though it doesn't make any context. and It doesn't have any weight in this universe. Stop. And that's, a, that's the thing about these movies as they go along, especially four and five, is that they they recreate a lot of things from the game. But this, the scenes they recreate don't have any weight because the characters don't have a pre-existing relationship. Like, I shared that stupid clip earlier from 4 with, like, Chris and Claire fighting Wesker. But that's the first time in this universe that all three of them have been in the same frame. Wow. <laughs> where, in the, where in the games, like, Chris and Wesker have history going back to the first game. And they are bitter rivals. I, Interesting. I think the weirder even part with that, too, is that there, there's a scene, I think, in four. That's the one with the prison, right? Yes, fourth prison. And they they're all like at the prison and they're like, oh, we'll be fine for like right now. As long as we keep taking pot shots, everything will be fine. And then like the big hammer boss from Resident Evil 5, the game comes up and there's like no context as to why he's there or like what he is, because in five, it's a completely different virus. So it doesn't make sense is 
well, we're in a zombie apocalypse. Why is there a big dude with a fucking hammer? And it's never explained. <laughs> well, four, we'll get there. <laughs> I have a lot of issues with four when we get there. I <laughs> won't be. And this is where you have like, cause this is so, this is taking place in like 2004, let's say. Because as they're walking, they walk by all these payphones. I don't think even in 2004 there were that many payphones around. Oh, there was lots of payphones around. In Canada. Think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Canada, so hey. Hey, man, I well, only had like a Motorola peanut phone at this point. <laughs> well, listen, Canada has payphones. U.S. has gun stores. So listen, we all have our different our different things. It's fine. <laughs> That's where the Matrix in Matrix uh, Reloaded. They were still getting out of the Matrix in 2003 with payphones. That's true. That's true. So, They'd have a hard time now. All the payphones are gone. I have a weird question. Sure. So we they go by the payphones and Doctor Ashford calls them. Is he smoking a fucking joint? I didn't know. I don't know. I, I, it could be just be a cigarette or something. I don't know. Could be. Okay. Because I like or to think it's her because it's resident. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think he's smoking a joint because that dude is stressed out and also his legs don't work. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I'd be stressed out too. So. I mean, they also have a lot of smoking in this. There's multiple scenes of Jill smoking. Which is weird, because Jill doesn't smoke in the games. Chris does. Yeah, but Chris isn't in this, so Jill smokes. Yeah, <laughs> I just think it's silly. It's also probably, you know, the director thinking it's atmospheric, perhaps. I don't know. Me, yeah, something. I mean, it's okay. It doesn't It doesn't matter. There's a part where they're on the train car, just sitting there where they're talking, which again, reminding because after they get the phone call, and it reminded me again of a Resident Evil 3 scene when they're on the train, when they're getting ready to use the trolley to get to the clock tower. <laughs> I do like little references that they have. They have so many in this damn movie. So they find out that they have to go get the girl. The girl's in the school. And then this is where they're trying to like figure out their plan to go to the school, which I think the school is another creep. Well, there's a couple things before we get there. This is where you first see uh, Nemesis shows up and Peyton gets killed. Finally, where Alice tells him, don't walk across the bridge. He walks across the bridge and gets shot by Nemesis. It's like there's something there. And he's like, I don't see anything. But that doesn't change the fact that there's something down there. <laughs> I want to bring up something weird. Alice's like like design in this movie is atrocious. If any of y'all didn't notice, but I noticed because me and my husband watched this, and we are two gay men who have to judge people. And <laughs> she she is wearing a tank top with a what is what was the term for it for the overshirt she's wearing? It's a wow. fishnet. It's a, over with a fishnet shirt over it, and she's wearing pants. But she's wearing pants like Titus from Final Fantasy X, where one leg is fully covered, the other leg stops like right at her thigh, has her whole thigh covering, and then her I thought it was a sock or I thought it was being held on, but I've paused several times to where no, the uh, the rest of her leg from the knee down is still covered in pants. I don't know what's keeping that pant leg up. What? Yeah, because there is what? Oh, I see. Yeah. Like, there's a strap, I think, on the back. You can barely see. I just saw the scene where she jumps off. Like, that makes no sense. No, there's no strap because later on, when she walks up to Nemesis at the at the end fight, and she's walking up, there's no strap behind her leg, so it's just being held up by bullshit. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so movie bullshit. I yeah. wow, I did not notice the legs, the le- the the the, le- the pants situation. I do. Again, I noticed the mesh shirts because, of course, again, 2005 meshes. Mesh is in. It's this what Didn't it is. Blade Trinity have mesh too. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. It's right around the time. So. I was just but, uh, assuming that she had a hole in pants because that's how pants are sold. No, it, it's one big all the way around, just just gone. But uh, she's also carrying not one, not three, but five guns, bitch. 
she's, <laughs> she's, she's got two handguns, two submachine guns, and a shotgun on her back, which I feel is a little uncomfortable. Yeah, and now I'm paying more attention to the, the pants leg as she's running. Yeah, he's right. It's like a below her knee strapped to her leg, I think. <laughs> that's how you wear your pants. You know, you just have one leg, but you just go, all right, I'm put on this leg and leave my knee to thigh empty and just going to strap it on right here. All right, got my leg, got my pant leg on. That's, that's just dumb. Okay. I mean, the whole Nemesis stuff, like her being chased by Nemesis, the part where she jumps in a hole and he shoots a rocket down there. What the hell is that bin made out of? Because... It would have to be made out of some pretty heavy-duty material to handle a, a freaking bomb like that. It's bullshit. Yes, I like because I know those he... bins. I used to push one. They're not that strong. I like the part where you Kool-Aid man through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. That was great. That was great. Oh, yeah. Well, it's also a game reference, so, I mean, yeah. there's that. Yeah. Does Nemesis go through walls? Not just... Oh, I know yeah. Mr. X. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's It's been a while since I played the original Resident Evil 3. Episode 50-something for this show. Resident Evil 3 will always be hands down, like very, the remake 2 being very, very close or basically in the same category. Resident Evil 3 Nemesis will always be like my scariest Resident Evil game just because Nemesis scares the ever loving shit out of me. Oh, he's fucking freaky in that game. Oh, I just, I just run away from him. So it eliminates every like semblance of terror. (laughs) (laughs) And then that's ruined in the remake. (laughs) Anyways. I'm going to play it, I think, next year. I think I need to finally make myself play it, now that I own it. I'm going to... Alright, and this is where you see Jill hot-wiring a car, and nobody bothered to put a bullet in Peyton to make sure he didn't get back up, but somehow his body limps up from the bridge, follows him to the car, and then, you know, almost kills Jill. Well, I think when the Nemesis shoots him, it just, like, it's not a kill shot. Or is it? Like, it's it kill kills shot. him, it's not zombie oh, kill. okay. Yeah. I, I, may I say... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Go you ahead, think they would finish the job? I mean, the thing, though, is, first off, I do like this moment with Jill because this is the first time I think in this entire movie, anybody emotes yeah. at all. Like, And, you know, the reporter, of course, comes in, gives her a, a start. The reporter, by the way, is, is I guess I can't stand her, too. She's not as bad as LJ. <laughs> boy, oh, boy, is she just a worthless, yeah. just bait for the for the zombies or for the, the, yeah, I'll just call them zombies. But this is, she actually has this kind of moment where she's. She's mourning the loss of her friend, and it the movie actually takes a breath here. It's a half breath though because she's still furiously trying to hotwire a car while trying to emote. She's not just sitting back and taking a moment to breathe, which I understand. You're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. You know, it's hard to take time to breathe. But I like this, and she she is rather good in this. And then of course her her good bro shows up, zombified, and she has to make that tough decision to shoot him in the brain. So. Yeah, it also kind of bookends a moment, too, where Alice very rightfully says we should just kill him now because he's going to turn. And Jill says, no, if we have to do that, I want to be the one who does it. And he has to. And it's a it's a it's a good moment. Yeah, If only the reporter wasn't there to just be annoying and walk around (laughs) taking video while people are shooting and trying to defend themselves. And And this is when I guarantee you that I had conversations back in 2004 where people said that made Jill like a character assassination because it made her weak. Oh, boo. I can't. Yeah. yeah. Boo, indeed. Um, boo, indeed. People are stupid. Especially because, like, I think it's even better because in 3, she watches, like, it's a reference for the 3 of the game. She watches Brad die and, like, she doesn't say anything because it's a game. She just, just kind of watch Brad die and then you have to fight Nemesis. Brad deserved it. <laughs> Poor Brad. He came back. He got, <laughs> got a tentacle up the butt. <laughs> <laughs> And then when they go to the school, because they meet up with LJ when they're driving to school, 
So Jill and her team. So I have this, this part made no sense to me. So when they get to the school, Jill's like, I'm going to go in the basement. You go this way. Yet I'm pretty sure that they didn't go where they said they're going to because she's walking around, doesn't look like a basement. Then she ends up in the same room where the reporter was and the reporter dies, which wasn't in the basement. That was just very weird to me. You go this way. I'll go home. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't keep track of it. Something felt off with that. So I agree with you, Mike, but I didn't I didn't really notice it too much. I do so I wanna say I love I, I cheered mentally inside, inside I cheered. I cheer outside. I inside <laughs> cheered when the reporter gets eaten by a pack of zombie children. This it, it, it's great. <sighs> what a good moment. It's a uh, it's a good horror movie moment where she goes in the room, sees the kid. She's like, hi, are you? And then all of a sudden you realize she's surrounded by zombie kids and just murdered. And then those zombie kids get disintegrated because they eat her and then disappear into the night. I guess they left. <laughs> supposedly, the <laughs> well, other girl's were... like, they left. They'll be back. They, they, they're they full. They're just going to go back and hang out. They don't need any more food for at least another hour and a half. They're, they're fine. Even more. Even more concerning, I guess it was like police day at the at the kids school and they brought the dogs because there's no weird explanation as to why they're like you see the <laughs> the van in front of the building like that's ominous. But then like it's also one of the weird things which is like, oh, man, who thought it was a good idea to bring the dogs to the school? <laughs> I was just it's assuming right. that they were on like some type of mission or something and they got ambushed and then the dogs just got out. I was actually assuming it was like canine day. The canine cops came and did a little uh, presentation at the assembly for yeah. all the kids. That's that's my guess. I don't know. But you know. And the cops bring the dogs to the mall here all the time so people can like play with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, your your police sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, no, yeah. The dog is Welcome the dog is 100 percent propaganda. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. 100 <laughs> percent propaganda. <laughs> but what's even weirder is they you guys know what dogs do they usually use in the Resident Evil series for zombies? Uh, Dobermans. Do police use Dobermans? No. I think police use German Shepherds. Yeah, so that's I weird. That's correct. It's Dobermans weird look more ferocious, and maybe it was a technology thing back with RE1 where it was easier to make them look than it was to make German Shepherds. Yeah, and, and then you have a dumb lore where it's like, oh yeah, we, you know, Umbrella chose Dobermans because, you know, the technology is all that we can make, and that's what we say. And here it's more of Dobermans have always become the zombie dog. So they just went along with it in this one, too, because in RE2, you have Dobermans also. Yeah. Mainly because you're not going to make new sprites. You don't have to or new models. So I don't know. I didn't. It just was weird to me. Like, because like you see, if I remember correctly, she says to tells her to go to the first floor and you see her going downstairs. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just that, that whole continuity, I think, is was just a, a mix up. I was just happy that the reporter was out of the way. Move on with the movie. <laughs> Now I'm just rooting for LJ to, to bite it. Uh, yeah, he doesn't. I know. And then this is where Jill finally finds Angela. And you have, I do like the scene where Jill is running away with the dogs and all that type of stuff you have. This is where you have Nikolai gets killed for no re- Like just because we have too many characters in this movie, we got to get rid of them. His line also comes out, even though he's Russian, his line comes out very like English where he's like, I'll take care of this bitch. It's stupid. Yeah, it's Silly. just... So I also yeah. this I couldn't be the only one in this kitchen scene when she's sneaking with Angela. Did it not? Did it not remind anybody else of Jurassic Park? Also, oh, hundred yeah. percent. Okay, That's, yeah, uh huh. Yep, replace the raptors with with uh, evil zombie dogs and basically Jurassic Park. Yes, 
Okay, so it wasn't just me. Good, because that's all I, I could think of when I saw this. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same set. I really, <laughs> I'm looking at this like this could be the set of Jurassic Park. But could they keep that stuff? Don't they? For like long times. Yeah, yeah. Well, they reuse sets and, and locations. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Could if, be. Uh, Who knows? If video games have taught me anything, I think L.A. North says they have to keep them so people don't try to use the materials to build houses or they'll fall apart. Oh, <laughs> wow. OK, I, I do not remember that from L.A. Noir, but, you know, I accept it as truth, I guess. OK, I, I like the part where she ends up, you know, she, to, Jill ends up turning all the freaking ovens on so she can start a fire. But I think it's stupid. If she throws the match, her match doesn't work like you were talking about earlier. And all of a sudden, Alice is just smoking and a cigarette butt lights off the fire. Yeah, because they have to give her the moment <laughs> because it's the director's wife. Right. Which is and so, like, so stupid. Also, if they didn't have that fire blanket there, the movie, they would have been dead. What are, you, what are you talking about, Mike? Fire blankets don't fucking work like that. I know. <laughs> They're doing this movie. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not a uh, impervious shield to the flames of 15... <laughs> 15 gas burners igniting at the same time and exploding. Oh, by the way, I just love the fact that uh, Jill just happened to have a pack of matches in her tactical one p- one pocket of her tactical uh, outfit. In her bra. Because you, you never know when you're going to need to blow up an entire commercial kitchen full of uh, well, she gas was burning smoking. Clothes. So I guess she just had matches. Oh, damn it. That takes crap. a st- the crap yeah. you lug around in a Resident Evil. There's a part in Code Veronica where you're literally lugging around a full painting to solve a puzzle. <laughs> In your pocket, so like she's got, she's I got don't four question slots. These things, she's That's got four fair, six slots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's four to six slots. <laughs> you know, he's been really good about conserving her ammo and you know and her inventory. I, I don't. I saw that, and you have a very good point. She's smoking, so okay, fine. I re- I retract my joke about the um, blowing up a commercial kitchen with my matches and having them in your pocket just randomly. It's fair, though, Bill, because I'll also give you that one because, uh, what is it? Jill smokes, so explains why she has matches. Where the hell did Alice get the cigarette from? Because that doesn't make any <laughs> fucking sense. I don't, yeah, in, in a school, you know, maybe in some child's, uh, in a child's desk, perhaps, next to their pencil case. There was some, she a book of matches. got it on, like, the way to the church. I mean, you yeah, like, probably, like, smash into a convenience store off I, camera. So just, like. I, yeah. <laughs> I am being picky, but however, I'm not going to be, I'm not being too picky because this is like a major moment in this movie, right? This is save the day with the fire blanket. You know, this is a big deal. So I mean, I may be overthinking this and perhaps I was, but when I saw it in real time, I went, wait, what? Oh, really? She has matches in in the pocket where she should have like, I don't know, bandages or first aid kit or whatever else you carry around in resident evil. Yeah. Herbs. <laughs> I was herbs, herbs, Safsprin, herbs. aqua cure. Yeah. Oh, Safsprin. Oh, I could go for some Safsprin. <laughs> I, I, again, I, I know none of these things, unfortunately. Um, but I mean, it's good. I, you have, I think the kid is actually pretty good as, as, as British kid, right? Yeah, are she British? Kid? I was going to ask that. Are they British? She's so. Irish. I looked it up um, when I was watching the movie. Oh, okay. And the uh, the guy who plays Nikolai, he's uh, Zach Ward, who I knew because I used to watch a show called Titus on Fox in the late 90s. He is Canadian. <laughs> oh, yes. Wasn't he like a comedian then got his own show? He was in was... Uh, Christmas Story, too. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I know Titus. I, I know that show. 
Oh goodness, that was not yeah, a was good like, show if I remember correctly. Oh, Chris Rotitis and Stacy Peach. That yeah, was a great show. And maybe it hasn't I, aged well. I don't know. I haven't watched it. In a while. I you know what? I have no no frame of reference to it, so it could be wonderful. I really don't know. But um, I think I think the weirdest one they get for this series later on, we get introduced to Chris Redfield, and he's Wentworth Miller, the guy from like and this ad. This is after uh, what's that team? Jailbreak, prison, prison break? break. Yeah, so it's really weird. And he's <laughs> literally in a prison. Yeah, <laughs> they break, and they break them out. There you go. Typecast. But I think at this point we get to where Ashford gets caught by our main bad guy. He doesn't kill him, though, which I, I thought he was doomed. I'm like, right, Ashford's he doesn't kill him now. I guess he killed him later. But yeah, I thought this, was, was doomed. this is where he makes that comment. He's like, I knew the whole time. Did yep. you, though? Did yeah. You? <laughs> so yeah. Now, now that we're at the point. In the plot, like my own, my only, the only LJ line I liked was when Carlos is bit and he's like, I've been hanging with you and shit the whole time. Like, yeah, that was the only LJ yeah, that's good. Got me. <laughs> that line that is good. Me, that line always makes me laugh. He's like, motherfucker, I've been hanging out with you like two, three hours this whole time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's sure, though. Yeah. Like, you don't know how long until the bite just goes. And then yeah. we we get the really weird scene that I think is kind of weird in this movie. And it, we skipped over it earlier. Because there's the, the beginning where she gets her clothing, you see like a worm in her arm, and that part's never brought up ever again. But the virus works when it's bonded to you, to where you can sense when people are infected. Yeah, she mentions that because after the liquor scene, they're just walking, and Jill's like, "I'm good, but I'm not that good." And she said, "You should be grateful for that because Umbrella did something to me, and I'm." like changing into something which kind of explains a little bit of her lack of humanity. I put that just to the actress, but hey. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I like her, but I think that's just kind of the character she plays. Hey man, Lilu Dallas. I don't remember that movie very well. Oh, I love that element. movie. I, love I, know, I need element. to rewatch it for this show someday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this is when they go to uh, the City Hall, which apparently is a Toronto building. I did not know this. It is Toronto <laughs> City Hall, yes. <laughs> that was so I had I had a lot of questions with this part. Like one, when they get there, all of a sudden she ends up climbing up the fucking roof or something. Like, how the hell did she get all the way up this roof just to have the one moment where she kills the sniper and then jump and like repels down? There's a movie that came out and I hope someone tells me eventually there's a movie that does that too before this. And I feel like the only reason why this scene's in there is because they're like, oh, that was cool. We should put that in our movie. Is that Equilibrium? Like, maybe. That's a that's, that's a weird movie. That's kind of Paul Anderson's MO is that I think he really likes movies and wants to make other versions of people's movies, but he's not that great at them. Because <laughs> like the next Resident Evil 3, and I could be mistaken because I remember in the bonus features it was something to the effect of like Milovich's brother had never seen Mad Max. So he's like, I'm going to make a Mad Max movie instead of just showing him Mad Max. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's weird. <sighs> it is weird. I look forward when we cover three. I do look forward like, to that. Three is my favorite. <laughs> three oh, was my least favorite from what I remember, but it's been a while. Three is my least favorite. Watch is five. Oh, now I have a least favorite. <laughs> oh, just watch six. I like six. I can't wait. So, yeah, so she climbs up the building. She kills the sniper, which gets to me because it just doesn't make any sense. Like, they're going for this copter. Like, how the fuck she gets the damn building? 
Okay, but her jumping down, I mean, it is a cool moment where she's just gunning down people and shooting from the thing and, like, making all this noise. And it's it's still cool, even though it doesn't... I guess the whole purpose of it is to have her distracted. Well, it's it's giving someone who doesn't have a lot of character just badass things to do. So when people do, like, reviews and YouTube videos, they say, she's a badass. And it's like, what's her character? She's a fighter who doesn't take crap from anyone. That's like, <laughs> what's her motivation? She punches people. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Alice character. Yeah, it's really very obvious. Like you, like you've said a few times, Blair, she's the strong female protagonist and <laughs> because she jumps, punches and kicks. And uh, that's now she has that's superpowers she <laughs> and she has superpowers. Evidently, superpowers with no rules so it's whatever the whatever whatever her husband needs her to do to move a plot along or move a scene along that's what she can do it's she's boring and i really agree i really want more jill valentine in this you know at least i got something out of her but nobody in this film really has any strong character motivations other than what the plot tells them to and the whole scene of her smacking guards in the face and like breaking their glasses that's strictly or not strictly directly from equilibrium which okay. came out in 2002 that's a hundred percent in that movie from okay. what i remember in that movie it's been a while but well either way this this movie came out and you have alice in this movie and a young jj abrams is watching this and she he goes i want to make a movie like this but i want it to be star wars <laughs> right that's my joke that's my joke for that Thank you. That's good. No, no, that's good. I think that deserved a more of a laugh than than I gave it. So, well done. <laughs> I uh, yeah. So this is the point now where we have she she takes out a bunch of but all the you know the basic the useless the useless people who are just standing around doing nothing, waiting to be smacked in the face by Mila jo- Jovovich, mm-hmm. and uh, they board the plane. And of course, the big bad shows up. Oh, you almost forgot. You don't. You can't forget the Carlos flirting with Alice. <gasps> Was oh, that Carlos? Man. We yeah, missed it. Carl, he flirts with her in this movie. Uh, er, yeah. yeah. He's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a handsome man. Like he, he is, though. Know, yeah. Like he, 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 they're flirting in the backseat and like, and then she's like beating these guys and he's like, you missed one and he threw a knife. It's just yeah. so badass and cool. <laughs> yeah, it is very cool. He's very cool. I believe he's, he's, the line yeah. in the game is chicks dig my accent it drives them crazy or something (laughs) (laughs) freaking resonant now i have to replay three (laughs) man i you know what it's wow that really really surprised me he he's what's cool about him is that he's almost unassuming like you wouldn't expect someone who maybe has his mannerisms or even his uh, his physical i know you can't really see who he how he feels physically behind all the armor and stuff but he doesn't seem like the traditional bro dude, hoorah, let's go shoot a bunch of people, dude. He's got a little bit of a, a softer edge to him, to him. And I think that actually it's really endearing and, and good. And I, I liked Carlos a lot. Um, and again, I like that actor as well. He's he's a good actor. So, yeah. yeah. And then you have the dumb nemesis versus Alice fight. This where he is, tells him uh, this is stupid. Did anyone was anyone else exhausted again? I feel like there's two movies in a row where I just walked away exhausted. So many <laughs> quick cuts. It's again, it was the era the mid 2000s where a lot of the action movies of the day were very quick cuts. You couldn't see anything happening. You know, it, 
nowadays, if you watch like a Marvel movie, you can see the moves, you can see what's happening, and you have sense of place. Everything in this fight scene is close up, then far out, then close up. Within 30 seconds, there's 50 cuts. I mean, I might be exaggerating, but... I think they have to because of the limitations of the suit. Because they can't really do much. And I, I... My favorite part is I remember talking to my brother about this back in the day and after the two of us had played the game and even and he's like it's just so weird that a nemesis like this un he's almost like a terminator in and in this he just comes to the realization that Alice friend and like <laughs> helps her. I, I Yeah, it's my... kinda weird. Like everything with that is weird. Like when he shoots Ashford for He's like, oh, and he was important to me. I don't even care about them. It's like, why don't you just shoot them then? Like, shoot LJ or shoot the girl. Like, I mean, you know, like, I did business. Captain yeah. Yeah. LJ would have been like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just a weird scene. Like, now you must fight and like everything. And yeah, Bill's 100% right. Like, I'm watching it right now. And it, I didn't realize how much it cut, 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 cut. Just keep switching angles. I love and, this yeah fight. her pants leg there yeah Joel one hundred percent right there is nothing yeah. that I keep I keep staring at that pants leg now that is bad <laughs> I don't yeah, understand I, pull, I, I pulled up an image as well yeah it's yeah too much too much leg there too much senseless leg because I guess in the gun shop they didn't have a fully formed pair of pants that fit her just right just so have I guess she one leg don't like she could just have a whole naked leg it'd be okay how about just a pair of shorts I don't know isn't it supposed <laughs> to be hot yeah. I, just, uh-huh. Film. I'm pretty sure this was a film in November in <laughs> Toronto, so it must have been absolutely miserable. <laughs> <laughs> miserable hot or miserable cold? Cold. <laughs> Toronto is not warm. Didn't Scott Pilgrim teach you anything? It's snowing in April? That's Toronto. Or something like oh, that. That sounds so nice. <laughs> I do want to go to Canada. So, well, like as, as much as we make fun of this fight scene way back in like 2006 2007 there's let's see now there's like a 13 14 year old joe butler watching this movie and watching this fight scene and he just goes man dual wielding is the coolest fucking thing ever those <laughs> those the what is the way they called like the police batons the, the the batons is like the he's just like man that is like the coolest thing ever he pulls them out of nowhere too he just like they literally come out from like under his armpits and he throws them and she's just like dual wielding <laughs> against this big dude, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I could get into that." And now I'm like, "Yeah, every 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 one of my D and D characters dual wields, and it's this movie's fault." Okay, I mean, it is still. I still think it's cool. Like when I watched this a couple nights ago, and I'm watching this again tonight, I still think it's cool how she like pick, you know, punches him onto the metal beam, the part where you said "friend" doesn't help it because <laughs> you're 100 right, and it makes it number, but it's still fun. And you, know, you also see an important scientist that isn't even really in this movie until the like almost after credit scene where she starts having flashback of some other scientists that work with the same guy that they're that's trying to kill them now. Which they're I don't remember his name. The guy who the actor from the first movie. It's it's just supposed to be that guy, but it's just a different person. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, movie. So she fails to defeat Nemesis because she realizes it's it's her boyfriend. And uh, even though Nemesis gets hit into a wall spike, like uh, the ending of Supernatural, he uh, still survived, which is weird. So I don't know what the point of doing all that was. To help him remember, friend? Alice, friend! 
to keep him still enough maybe to see her because this he recognizes her yes but she recognizes him through all the makeup and the plastic goop and the outfits yes. the, they got from you know because they, they tell her costume. they have flashbacks where the two of them are being experimented on and she kind of yes. like turns her head and sees matt like missing half of his face is that Which what's is like, happening? Okay, yes. that's so Matt's the one missing half his face. Okay, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure who that was. Okay, now that makes sense. Yeah, she, I think, yeah, they both kind of have this shared realization. And I think she recognizes him by his eyes. I think yeah. that's, I think <laughs> yeah. that's what, that's what tips her off that this is. And she also knows, of course, that, you know, her, her friend was, was carted away at the same time she was. She, had, she does have memory. So, yeah. And all came back to her. Oh, it's just a weird, like, scene where they're just going to leave her then. And then all of a sudden, Nemesis just starts killing everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, well, I, but here's the thing. I thought he was programmed. Like, but there was a guy on a laptop telling him to, yeah. you know, murder all the, uh, the star team, the star team members and and telling him, you know, a zero percent chance of you know, he's got a program running in his head. Oh, well, mm-hmm. Cop was programmed, too. And hey, listen, don't do <laughs> no, not speak, do not speak the name of legends and masters. <laughs> In this discussion of Resident Evil Apocalypse, okay? Sorry, I, in, Robo, in RoboCop 2, he was programmed, and then he just shocked his programming away from him. I defend <laughs> RoboCop 2. I, I will defend that movie. RoboCop 1, I'm just going to stay to here, is near perfect. I yeah, think it's almost I a perfect agree. movie. And RoboCop 2 is fine. And it's goofy. And it's <laughs> it's a comedy, basically. So... Anyway, off that, I actually, the reason I'm commenting, I thought the exact same thing (laughs) seconds before you just said that. I'm like, you're like, you're not Robocop. You didn't just all of a sudden gain sentience. Look, they met for like five minutes and instantly fell in love. You cannot blame him. Hey, you know what? Love, love blooms in the midst of on the battlefield. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Love blooms on the battlefield. In speed, like like Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, like, oh, romances that come from extreme circumstances or something. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that always works That's, out well, I'm sure, right? Yes, yeah, that always works out well. That's perfect. It's great. Love is also the fifth element, so, you know, that's also a thing, too. <laughs> no, no, don't uh, don't evoke the name of bad movies. I'm sorry. I don't like the Ooh, film. I can't wait. Oh, uh, I know what I'm talking about. Sure. God, no, I don't want to watch it. No, I, I can't. This is almost Bioshock Infinite for me. Not to get off on a tangent. <laughs> That's fine. Because because I've had so many people argue in in favor of the Fifth Element, and I keep reminding people, I don't know, I I I don't think this is good, but people keep trying to convince me it is. I gotta see. I'll see it again. If it's for this show, I'll see it again. I'll see anything. It's gonna be my show. science fiction poll. I'm gonna do it at some point. Okay. Fifth Element or Demolition, Demolition Man. Demolition, oh, Demolition Man. Oh. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Bit development. <laughs> <laughs> but also, this is where you have like the whole scene where she's like running by the building and they're just trying to shoot her with the helicopter and missing terribly. That's a code Veronica scene too, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's just like things that are from the games to make that are supposed to make people like me point at and be like, I saw something from Code Veronica and I clapped. But it's just dumb. <laughs> Um, and then the whole thing where she drops she has gun. the gun and then drops it is taken from Code Veronica. Mm-hmm. It was stupid there. It's stupid here. Cool it, here. it makes more sense in a game because um, <laughs> it's essentially like defying the laws of physics. Like, 
<laughs> the, uh, it, it's dumb, but it works. And then she shoots a, a giant exploding propane tank as opposed to headshotting like three guys. <laughs> oh, those aren't headshots. Me, me, or whatever bodies. <laughs> yeah, we, we had to pause this movie because uh, me and my husband were laughing so hard because we established that none of the uh, Umbrella people are wearing like tactical vests. Like all their stuff is just filled with fluff. Because yeah, when she shoots just, them, yeah, it, you just see fluff fall out. But she always shoots these guys in the chest. So they're just wearing uniforms with like no protective gear at all. The people at the top don't get rich by giving the people at the bottom <laughs> good equipment. You're telling me we could afford all these bio liquors and zombie dogs, but my goddamn vest filled with marshmallows? Like, we're <laughs> we're going to spend all this money making the zombies and monsters. We can easily just make rifles that do just as much damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And then so they're. Good. The, the nurse scene that I thought was pretty like damn bad, like what they're not like bad isn't bad scene, but like what they do, where the 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 bad guy they they kick him off the helicopter and like he breaks his legs when he falls and they just leave him there. <laughs> so good, it's really and satisfying. What I don't understand is he grabs the gun, he he doesn't count the bullets, he just starts shooting zombies, and then when they get close, he goes through his own head and runs out of ammo. It's like why wouldn't you just? Sh- I mean, if I was in that situation, I'd be like, it's time to go. You always shoot yourself first. No, first gun you find, shoot yourself. But you ain't like I don't understand. Like, what do you need to murder them for? And I think it's. I mean, I, the irony of it that he gets killed by Ashford, the guy he shot. It's it's obviously for for a movie. I mean, if you were to like yeah. think about the psychology of that, maybe your your body has your your mind has some self defense mechanism, right? Survival mechanism where you're gonna. Hey, so I maybe if I maybe if I shoot this one zombie, the other eight thousand will go. Oh, oh no. I don't want I that wanna, to happen to me and just shamble away, perhaps. I want to bring up the Ashworth thing because he headshots him and it cuts to the girl who they establish has the T virus in her. No, does she have the virus or the antivirus in her transformer? She has the virus. Box? Virus, yeah. Okay. On the lunchbox is the antivirus, sorry. In her body is the virus. Yeah, but so I, and I was every time I watch this, I'm like, when does it establish that he is bitten or is given the viruses. I'm assuming like, cause it, it kind of cuts to the girl down by her dad. So I thought she may have kind of given him a boost to turn him against the villain. Cause he turns in a matter of minutes when it took Carlos, like what, three hours to get like a cough. <laughs> I can answer that question because I'm weird. <laughs> what is it? One, he's not shot in the head. He's shot in the neck. So he dies a lot faster. Plus, we don't really have a good time lapse on how long that fight happened. So that could have been like a good 30 minute fight. One, I don't think it matters zombie wise, kind of like the weird Walking Dead thing where it's like, oh, yeah, once you die, you just turn. But also whenever she's talking to is it Jill or Alice, she does say, oh, yeah, my daddy used the virus to make himself better. And then he used it to make me better. So technically, he's like super hopped up on T-virus. Okay. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, because I thought the dialogue was like he used it to make me better because he he knew that I was going to end up like him eventually. I didn't realize that he tried it on himself. Yeah, whatever they have is killing them. She didn't become a paraplegic, but he still became where his legs didn't work. But he survived because of the T-virus, I think. (laughs) Okay. Well, it doesn't matter because they retconned it in six anyways. Of course they do. (laughs) The six remove everything. You've said this for this six retcons a number of times during this recording. So 
you know how Alice has very little character? Yes. You should just get to part six and find out exactly how little character she actually has. <laughs> yeah. Not over the course of six movies. Does this improve? Like, this doesn't... Well, Wait till you see three. <laughs> yeah, no, they... It, it's in this, which is... It's kind of... I'll get to it at the end of the movie, but... Or I can get to it now. The This movie ends where, like, they, they kind of establish something like there's going to be another movie, obviously. But then in three, it's like a, like we talked about earlier, it, it's a, in a wasteland. So they retcon stuff constantly because three kind of has or this has a weird ending where it continues and everything is going to be like kind of OK. But then it's not in three. <laughs> gotcha. OK. Yeah. This yeah that's where you fine. have the helicopter crash, yep. which made me happy because, it's, you know, the EMP of the nuke actually worked. So it takes them out. I was like, if they fly away from this, I have issues. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then they crash. And then I didn't really get this. Like, I guess she dies with the rest escape. But for some reason, she is still there. Or I mean, she doesn't die, die. But well, she jumps in the way of the the piece of shrapnel that's oh. headed for Angie. Oh, OK, that's what it was. All right. And they leave her ass there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess because they couldn't resurrect her. I also, mean, it's only a couple hours after this that it happened. That they find hours after. Yeah. yeah. So not very long. Umbrella's out here looking for it. Then you have which. Pretty much the villain of the third movie. You have him. He's the one that's all over her body, you know, finds her body and then takes her back. And you have like a really weird scene where she wakes up in some lab in the water in a back to tank. Only I can think of it. Thank what? you. I I told my husband that was a back to tank. He told me to fuck off. It looks <laughs> like one. It really does look like one. It's a guy who just been watching one. Star Wars movies for the show. So, it looks like one. I back to tank. when I got my PlayStation 2 back in 2002. One of the the first DVD I bought was the first Resident Evil, and I actually listened to the director's commentary or the commentary with the cast. And there's a point where Milovich is like, oh, look at my commitment to this movie. You can see my nipple in this one shot. And then one of the producers says, if you're really committed, you would have shown two. And then that <laughs> happens in this movie. Twice. Is that is that a real thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, my whether it's in a wow. very joking way, but it's still kind of it's pretty weird now that yeah. I say it out loud. Yeah, they didn't need her to be nude. Like you could have just seen like the, the first shots they have where you don't see any. You don't really see anything, but then they have to do the shots where you see everything. It's just not necessary. Yeah, I mean, as um, I, I didn't think it was completely. I mean, if you're if you're a, a, an evil scientist working for an evil corporation, putting your yeah. your uh, a person into an evil vat of liquid. To do evil things to, you're not really gonna be too concerned about modesty. Like modesty is not, I think, your first uh, concern. But I agree. I know it's just kind of it's a little icky. You know, it's like, yeah, it's not necessary. Yeah, like and then you have where, like, I guess her brain's expanding, and I I had forgotten this whole scene. But he's like, <laughs> you don't know what this is, do you? And he shows her the pen, and his whole dumbass causes all all the problem. But where he says, you don't even remember your name, do you? And she's like. My name, my name, you know, and then remembers everything. Yeah, her, <laughs> you know, the dumb is, line. Her name my is name Lilu is Dallas. Alice. I remember everything. And she gives her patented smirk. Gives <laughs> Here's that smirk. Smirk for the movie poster. I, it's weird. I, I wish someone could put me in a bath of tanks. I swear, that's probably like the best sleep you'll ever get in your entire life. Oh, Sleeping in water. Absolutely. Yeah, like, like yeah. she wakes up not knowing where she is. Like I, I wish I could sleep like that. Not waking up in like a vat of liquid, not knowing where I am. Yep. I, 
warm, <laughs> right? <drunk>. Comforting. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I'd be have, I'd have a hard time sleeping with that like a respirator in my mouth. But other than that, I'm I'm down with that. It's better than anesthesia. <laughs> I don't know. I, I also do like how she kills a guy with a pen. For some reason, I always find that cool. She doesn't kill him. Did she, she, she didn't kill him. Like, she gets oh. it within an inch of his eye just to show that she means business question. Oh, then she punches him. Okay. <laughs> she elbows him. Yeah. I don't know. I might. It, one of my issues with this part is like you have the scene where she, she, she knocks him out. She leaves. And then you have a couple parts that happen. One where she kills the guy through the TV screens. And I don't I don't want to go into too much spoilers, but I don't remember if that's referenced again. Like, <laughs> no. Okay. It's like Parasite Eve. <laughs> yeah, what was that? I, I'm like, are you 11 from Stranger Things? Like, what did you just do? How did that work? She has there. psychic powers now. That's that's so that's coming. Is that really? Okay, that's, that's in the coming. third movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry about it, though. It's okay. It, it's in one movie. Okay. <laughs> I, I just I just didn't understand the context. And again, I literally, you know, Stranger Things. I'm like, hey. okay. So that's a, that's a thing she has. No, I don't think it's referenced again. And oh, evidently, we, she. Wait, what? We also get like a, a scene from Batman where she gets tasered and then rips that out of her and throws that at another guy. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> good. I like that. And then I didn't understand this. So you have Carlos and Jill show up in like, you know, fake umbrella outfits and they rescue her. But like at the same time, the scientist is like, let him go. So was this all part of his plan? So or? not only that. So before all of that happens, they have the news reports of like, oh, the Umbrella Corporation. Or they say the evidence got out, but then it's like, oh, no, it was actually this. And Carlos Valent- uh, Carlos Oliver and Jill Valentine are like two of the most wanted people in the United States. <laughs> yes. And then they walk up and the Umbrella Corporation guys are like, yeah, checks out. Like They should have been shot on sight. <laughs> yeah, no, no one bothers to scan the badge because, you know, they can scan something. It's umbrella. They sh- they, they, they're not wearing they're masks. They no, they don't look any different. Guys. <laughs> Yeah, their faces and plastered on every single, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, every single wanted. Why did I think like wanted poster? Like, like if this was you know, like <laughs> the old West, like, you know, by the old saloon, they just put up the wanted posters. That's literally what I just thought of. I'm tired. I'm so, so tired. You know. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, that is that is rather strange. And then she kind of goes off with her friends. I think I think him saying like, let him go. He kind of realizes there's now a unique opportunity to have. He probably didn't expect it, right? Because he's going like, get her blood work, get her this work, get her that work. And I don't think he was expecting her to to go fully automated. And, and See, that's go- before they announced the third one and what was happening. Yeah. I thought they were setting her up to be the villain in the next yes. one. Yes. Thank you. And also, I think it would have been cool if we only would have got a few more, but we get, you know, four more after this. Even though yeah. three technically ends the entire franchise. No, it's fine. But- <laughs> but, uh, I, that actually would be cool like jill valentine has to now go after alice that that's a movie now i begin to. i i thank you blair because i brought this up whenever i was watching the movie because like it's really it's very sinister because he lets her he, he says let her go and they all look at her and you can see from her point of view her vision's technically like nemesis yeah and and they say like activate project alice and she kind of gives like an evil smirk at the camera and it zooms out to show there's like a umbrella satellite circling the earth. And the music's really like sinister as well. So it, it I did have that same feeling too. If I didn't know what the third movie was. Yeah, huh. it's cool. Okay. I'm also confused that at the time that we're recording this, Netflix has number one, number two, I think what number five on here too. Yeah. Number five. 
high, what, three and four, they decide to say, nah, no, 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 no. Not good enough for our for our platform. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. We'll have to find it someplace. Well, I yeah, I have the whole set. <laughs> so I, I can whenever we get there. What's that third movie called? Extinction. Extinction. Because I was actually going to look for it right now because I was curious to see the opening of it because I couldn't. It's been so long. I don't remember how it goes. And I was curious. The opening of Extinction, she wakes up as she does in all of these. and But she's in the outfit from the first movie and then she's escaping the mansion and then okay. she gets killed. And then they, I'll just stop there. Yeah, just stop there. <laughs> I won't. Rem- I will not. I won't remember when, when Mike puts this up on the. Well, probably won't be a year, but yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I did know the one thing I I kind of missed, which is which is fine. Last time around, I was cranky about you know Mila not doing anything in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like you are on the poster, ma'am, and you did next to nothing. So I wanted to find out exactly when she starts doing things. It's twenty seven minutes into the movie is when she appears in the church and starts wrecking and shooting and kicking and punching. So I, I think that was a, that was good. I'm very glad there was a, there's time, you know, for her to kind of get her bearings and get her terrible pants on and get her weapons. <laughs> um, but so just for, just for my knowledge, 27 minutes in, she starts doing things. So Damn, market improvement. It is still a while. It's a third of the movie. That's not but, bad um, though. No, it's fine. So it's, it's classic three acts, right? It's, you know, right at the beginning yeah. of the second act is when you get your, you know, antagonist, I guess, and well, who yeah. then becomes like Blair's and saying the antagonist, oh, sorry, protagonist, the protagonist <laughs> overshadowing all the other protagonists to the and point where they really don't matter anymore. I think part five is barely 90 minutes long and they play the opening of the movie in slow motion backwards and then they play it frontwards and then they have a five minute recap and it's like 10 or 15 minutes before the movie actually starts. That's obscene. That's obscene. <laughs> Is that not afterlife be. or retribution? Retribution. <laughs> and do they yeah. just pick these names out of a hat? Like, I don't... Yes. I, mean, I understand apocalypse, but maybe extinction? Is there extinction happening? But retribution sounds like something you just... Well, I, I, I get it's just like apocalypse, okay, and then it's the extinction after the apocalypse, and afterlife is like, oh, things are... I don't know. They're just names, and, and there's like retribution... <laughs> Resurrection, retaliation, resurrections. <laughs> I would have loved for the final chapter to be called Resurrection. That would have been funny as hell. Be great. That'd be really good. <laughs> All right. That should bring us to Shelf Stacker Box. And Bill, why don't you go first? You know, I, this is def- this is surprising for me. I didn't I didn't expect to enjoy this as much as I did. Um, for all you know, in spite of all of its, you know, honestly, okay, let me back up a little bit. I enjoy this in spite of all of its flaws and because of all of its flaws, if that makes sense. I, I, I was, again, really in the pocket for something stupid and explodey that I could just kind of giggle along with the ridiculousness of it. And um, as far as like faithfulness to the games, I have no frame of reference. So for me, it's just, you know, action people doing action things and action bad guys doing bad guy things. So I enjoyed it. So this is going to go on the stack. I, I'll definitely put this on the stack. And this is something... If I drank, this would be a perfect movie to watch whilst drinking. <laughs> <laughs> this would be phenomenal. This would be like a great double feature with something else. But yeah, I would. It'd be fun. So anyway, uh, stack for me. Okay. And what about you, Blair? I'll I'll probably do the same. Like I'm as much as I kind of ragged on this. Like I I'm never bored watching these movies. Um, I'll periodically just do a whole series rewatch. 
because it's very nostalgic to me. It was actually something that uh, I maybe should have brought up at the top. This movie had one of the coolest teaser trailers ever. At least I thought it was, as I remember seeing the the other Sony Screen Gems franchise where a director bought their wife a series, Underworld. <laughs> and they had the trailers going and it was like movie trailer, movie trailer. And then suddenly they had this ad and I was like, why is there like a cosmetic ad here? Oh, and then yeah. it turned into the Umbrella Corporation. And I was like, oh, my God. And this was like before. It kind of makes me think about how sad I am that we know everything about every movie before they even start filming. Because I hadn't, I knew they were yeah. making a sequel, and then I saw this trailer, and like I, my mind just like erupted thinking about it. And then when I was watching Underworld, they kind of explained that universe in a couple of minutes, and I was like, "Wait, he rewinded." I was thinking about Resident Evil, and I missed everything. <laughs> that's cool, though. I mean, that's a cool thing to think about. Okay, uh, Joe, what about you? I thought you were talking about me. I, I muted myself for a hot minute. I don't think it came through on my end. What is it? Uh, th- funny enough, Blair mentions that, and it's that's it. There's a weird after credit stinger where it does like an umbrella logo comes up and there's a commercial where it's like, oh, yeah, the umbrella corporation does not take responsibility for any of this. But um, this movie is also a shell for me as well. This movie, ironically, as the podcast is named, uh, my grandma found for me at a garage sale. And that was when uh, horror movies were officially not banned for me in my house. So this movie means a lot to me, uh, especially because the series was both me and my husband love the series so much. So this is definitely going on the shelf. All right, I'll go last. This is also going to go on the shelf for me. I really enjoyed it. I had a fun time watching this movie. I actually rewatched most of this movie we were talking, and I still enjoyed it. Like, it's just <laughs> one of those movies that is not the greatest, but it's fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad you rewatched it. I think this is still my favorite. This is the first one of my favorite of the, of the, of the five I've seen out of the six. It going on the shelf. All right, and if you want to hear more Resident Evil, we covered Resident Evil... We did the we did the 2002 film, film 19, Resident Evil 4, episode 129, Resident Evil 2, the remake, 94, Resident Evil Outbreak, episode 73, Resident Evil Dead Aim, episode 70, Resident Evil 3, Nemesis, episode 63, Resident Evil Degeneration, that film that he was talking about earlier in this is film 4, Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City, episode 37, Resident Evil, the remake, episode 33, and Resident the, the first time we covered Resident Evil 2 was episode nine and there's more coming <laughs> and bill where can people find you at uh you can find me at a gamer looks at 40 on twitter if you listen to the show with any regularity mike is always yeah. gracious enough to plug it um you know I, I think in every show i'm not sure but maybe every, every show. Episode. all but every. one i think where i forgot you you are a sweetheart and a gentleman, and I appreciate it. So you've you've heard it before. I'm not going to say it again. Uh, a gamer looks at forty on Twitter. In the bio, there's a little link tree. All the stuffs are there. Every podcast has those stuffs. So engage in those stuffs as well. If you like stories about video games told by everyday people, that is the show. So a gamer looks at forty. All right. And Blair, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at Blarcade, um, and my you can read my work at comicbookvideogames.com, and also check the Facebook page as well, uh, where I link to my stuff and then um, the works of other people who make things related to that kind of particular niche of games and photos of cool stuff I buy, like this Resident or uh, Avengers box that I just got from a for a dime on the Square Enix sale last week. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, and I want to give a shout-out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hathfair. You can follow her on TikTok. And if we, if you want to support the show, we have a Patreon. For the littlest dollar, you can go and vote in our Patreon polls and help out the show. We greatly appreciate it. Actually, I greatly appreciate it. And also, I love when people vote. I'm just happy to see people care enough to actually vote for stuff that I cover. So it makes me so happy. So definitely go do that. We also have a Discord. You can chat with us. We ha- so You'll see a link in the show notes to all those things. Uh, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We're audio only, but we're on YouTube. So, and I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Q kill switch engaged. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Bye. laughs>